Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right, Marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on Tanil Cooper. Tanil runs a copywriting business appointed She Is Epic and is the needed jolt to your marketing and messaging. After running her business full time for five years and launching an e commerce venture fund for historically excluded and underfunded founders, she became the single award winner of the 2021 New Establishment Innovators by Strategy magazine. Canada's national marketing community and named a rising marketer by Adweek in the same year. Tanil has led brand and customer marketing in nonprofit to tech organizations over the last eight years to help them crank up their sales without needing a new budget, more time, or a miracle. In her free time, she has enabled the launch of 50 plus businesses as a mentor for entrepreneur hubs within three municipalities built her own business by curating an online presence and rallies others to do the same. You can follow her marketing memes and insights on LinkedIn. Welcome to Neil. Whew. What about it? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I don't know, but she's epic. Hey. <laughs> All right. So before we dig into this, I'm curious how you got started in the industry. What's your story? Well, I started in social work and I went to school for that. And I ended up in that industry for about 10 years before I made the leap into entrepreneurship. I was working at a community health center and I was a community developer. So like someone who just goes in the community, helps those in the community to create programs like a breakfast club or also facilitate funding within those racialized communities. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I was experiencing working in that role is that every time funding would run out, government funding, we would basically be stripped out of that community and, you know, plopped into another one to like redo that, re-strategize all over again. And that was starting to take a toll on me because the last community that I was working in, I did not want to leave it. We built an amazing thriving breakfast program that was helping feed kids in the community And also their grades were starting to improve because of the fact that they were eating before they were going to school. So Mm. I kind of got slack for not wanting to move on from that community and always trying to put funding there. And so I figured, I think I might need a change. And so Mm. an opportunity came up in the same organization I was working at as a communication coordinator. So I applied for that role and I ended up getting it. And it was the first time that that community health center and nonprofit in general was starting to be introduced to marketing and social media. And so I was the first communications person there and I was able to develop their social media strategy at the time and also like build out their intranet and their communication PR stuff. And that contract was only for a year. So my manager at the time came to me and she's like, you sure you want to take this contract before I took it? Because, you know, we can't keep your previous role. And I said, yes, I need that push to take the leap and start something on my own. When the contract ended, I decided that that was the time that I was going to start my own business. 
but before I did, I went back to school for IT. And yes, I know it makes no sense, but in Canada, you know, they have OSAP. And so I wanted to have some kind of like money coming in, in some avenue while I was trying to build my business. So while I was going to school, I was also building a business from ground zero. And I started out as a coach. It made sense because I went to school for psychology. So I had the education, the background. But what I noticed when I was coaching other coaches, I was spending more time on the marketing of my business than the actual business itself. Mm. And what I also determined is the coaches that I was mentoring at the time, they were having that same trouble of like, how do I articulate what I do in my business? I don't really want to spend time in that space. I want right. to spend time doing the work of coaching. Right. And that's when a light bulb went off in my head and I pivoted into copywriting as a okay. business at the time. So I was like a coach for like a hot minute, <laughs> not that long at all. And then I ended up run running my copywriting business for full-time five years. And then I leaped into back into full-time employment. Okay. Um, that transition was difficult because at the time, a lot of companies didn't value someone who started a business. They always felt it would be a distraction. Mm -hmm. And so I always had to like overcompensate for the fact that, no, it's not going to be a dist distraction. The fact that you're even interviewing me right now is because of all the experience I brought from that business. You know, the companies right. I got to work with, the campaigns I was working on, the results, even like the publications I even got to work and write for like Huffington Post. I'm like, this is the reason why you're interested in me. Mm -hmm. So that was an awkward period. But eventually I got into marketing and I credit starting a business for getting me into this industry. Right. Perfect. Well, that really contextualizes what we're about to talk about, which is marketing methods that companies tend to overlook. And yeah. it sounds like <laughs> you've been knocking on this door for a while. <laughs> yeah. So what do you see as the main challenges for the business climate as it pertains to marketing in your experience? Mm. Well, I feel like there's a few business challenges in this climate right now when it comes to marketing. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot to do with like the economic downturn right now. You know, sure. companies are scrambling to figure out you know, how to revenue forecast in this era that we're in, how to generate revenue a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, you're seeing tech companies laying off folks left, right, and center. So you yeah. can see the scramble happening. And I'd say the first thing that comes to mind is just like hiring the right number of marketing heads and skill sets for mm. the specific need of the business. So because we're in this economic downturn, the focus is how do we get ROI? And we need to get it quickly. We right. need to drive sales. We need to drive leads. That is like priority for them right now. Right. So what is happening is they're putting a lot more emphasis into paid performance, which is like Google ads, search engine marketing, programmatic, all that kind of stuff. Anything that has to do with paid advertisement mm -hmm. and that will yield quick results, but it's often short-term. And sure. that's where we get into the, like, the tug of war of should we focus on paid performance or should we focus on brand marketing? And brand marketing has a lot to do with organic reach. And although it's a slow driver for leads and sales, it 
definitely helps a business stay relevant throughout any kind of downturn, upturn, good times, bad times. That is what's going to keep a company stable. So balancing those two. Okay. I think the next thing is like keeping their customers engaged with their product at every stage of the funnel. And mainly because there's so many options out there. There's so many businesses and products that are competing for your customer's attention. There are so many startups starting up and Mm -hmm. they're way more nimble. They're way more innovative. They are having the resources and the dollars because they probably have, you know, VCs backing them. Right. So some of these legacy and more established businesses get caught up in, in what they're used to doing and then their marketing becomes stagnant. And so a few ways to tackle that is like customer education, making that priority, educate your customers on what's happening in the industry, be that thought leader in the space. So they come to you for their news, having those like in-app experiences as well. So you have the product and they're in the app using it, but maybe they don't know all the features that is available to them. Teach them, show them. Maybe they don't know how to optimize their campaign or the feature that they're using in that app, show them via video, be a chat bot, like have those in-app experiences so they understand how to fully use the product. And then I would also include like customer-led campaigns. So mm. we've heard of like product-led growth. Yeah. We now need to, you know, reposition that and think of customer-led campaigns and customer-led growth because at the end of the day, yes, they are buying the product, but they don't come there for their product. They're coming there for the solution, right? And so we have to position it as customer-led approach whenever we're thinking about our campaigns and our advertising and marketing, sharing those customer su- success stories so that you they cannot tell their story without mentioning your product and and, mm-hmm. and bring out those successes and wins with the customer in mind and in the forefront instead of the product in the forefront. Got it. And I would say lastly, one of the business challenges I see when it comes to marketing and I mentioned it earlier is like not falling into that rut, not falling into old patterns, not being trapped by what has worked before in the past. To be innovative is to take risk. And not enough businesses are doing that. They are so stuck in what has worked before. Well, we can't do this because, you know, we don't want to offend certain people. You know, sometimes you got to take risk if you want to stand out in a a very crowded industry. And as I mentioned earlier, so many startups are starting up and they don't care about taking those risks. They're going to take them. Mm -hmm. So during like my career break that I'm on, I took to TikTok to kind of just break down some campaigns that I see in the market that have caught my eye. And just to like reinforce businesses taking risks, there are some examples of companies or brands that have done it well that I've saw online is the White House. Yes, the White House, mm-hmm. they clap back at the criticism against the student debt forgiveness via a Twitter thread. And they were able to name the Republicans and the exact dollar figures that those Republicans benefited from with their own debt forgiveness. And ultimately this grew Twitter feed Uh, engagement and exploded their follower growth by 50k in under two days like Mm -hmm. that's an example of we're gonna step outside of the norm Mm -hmm. you you don't expect that from the white house Um, 
Another campaign was Dove and Wendy's supporting Canadian news host Lisa LaFlame. Oh, uh, I she, heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. When she got dismissed, basically for going gray. So there was a Keep the Gray campaign. Mm. And Wendy's dyed the Wendy's logo character's hair color gray in support and highlighted why gray is beautiful. And then I would say like the most recent campaign that I saw that really caught my eye was Paramount Pictures when they were promoting their new movie okay. via an organic guerrilla style marketing by planting actors in the baseball stands and what these actors were doing. You saw uh, it? Yes, I saw that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So they were like staring creepily into the camera with the movie name Smile written across their chest and it went viral online from press and celebrities talking about it to it reaching tens of millions of people in 24 hours. Like right. that's mind blowing. And why that is incredible is because it was organic and organic mm -hmm. is cold word for free. <laughs> what they really paid for is like their seat in the baseball stand, their shirt, they pay the actor, but everything else, when you heard about, they didn't pay for that. You know, that's right. PR that just exploded on online and regular people just carried it on by talking about it. Sure. Yeah. I feel like, especially in the AEC industry, we're already typically behind when it comes to marketing. Like we're a very risk averse industry. And so to even, <laughs> to even <laughs> like think about pushing any sort of direction too heavily, I could easily hear a CEO being like, no way are we going to do that. But like you said, the smaller firms are so much more nimble and can really give this a go. One of the things that you mentioned that I think I would like a little bit more elaboration on was the difference between brand and performance marketing. You sort of mentioned that the brand marketing is the long term. And I think that's a real sticking point with engineers and architects because they have this reputation. So what what is the difference there? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on the side of brand marketing because I'm just a creative head. So I'm always sure. going to be thinking on that side. But the difference is like brand marketing focuses on brand awareness of the brand. So that okay. includes content marketing, SEO, UX design, user experience design, okay. social media. And then on the pay performance marketing side, it's all about generating leads and sales. So that's PPC, affiliate marketing, paid search, anything that has to do with paid behind advertising. Okay. Okay. Got it. And like, just like for short reference, brand for me is about reputation. Performance is about conversions. So brand is a long-term investment and I mm -hmm. view it like stocks. Like you put your money in now, you're not going to see investment until later down the line. And that's what people don't understand about marketing. Marketing is an investment that takes time to bear fruit. Sure. Um, and sales is those immediate wins. So yeah. that's a performance, right? So it's a right now attention. With brand, although it's a slow burn, we're thinking about the LTV, which is the lifetime value of the customer. It's not necessarily like, okay, we can serve them now and then they probably will disappear. What's the lifetime value? And when we're thinking mm. about the lifetime value of a customer, we can upsell, we can cross-sell. Those things can happen. And then there's, right. there's more use cases that they can use for the product. There's more features they can tap into. 
you can think about the long term of how you can benefit that customer with your product. When you're when you're focused primarily on paid, think of it as like you're paying for that customer, right? So how long mm. do you think that person's going to stick around if there isn't any brand or reputation for them to lean back on? Mm. It's still focus on the immediate ROI. It's those flash in the pan wins. And although it boosts revenue in the short term, that can also lead to a higher churn rate where they come and they go versus right. they come and they stay. So I'm not advocating for brand more than performance. My argument here is both of them need to work together. There needs right. to be a good balance. And given the time that we're in, more companies tend to lean on paid performance, which is mm. a bad idea because when you do that, you're jeopardizing the reputation of your brand because people are tired of seeing ads. They, they're they used to it, they know mm. what it is. Customers are smart, okay? Prospects are smart, they understand what an ad is. Mm. And so you gotta be a little bit more creative or lean on your reputation as a brand. And you consistently have to buy into stocks if you want to see that, you know, that long-term investing come to fruition. You can't just stop buying stocks one month or a couple of years and think you're going to get any kind of fruits down the line. You consistently have to, you know, invest into brand and the long term, the longevity of it. Perfect. So then what do you feel are the marketing distribution channels that are overlooked by companies at the moment? I know we're seeing a lot of companies now embracing LinkedIn. I know that just from talking to other B2C marketers, they feel like we never actually mastered even email marketing to begin with. Where where do you see marketing going? That's tough. I feel like it's any channel where their customers occupy more frequently. So it's Perfect. not about, oh, I like this channel mm. or this channel's hot right now. No. Mm. Where are your customers? Where are they hanging out? that's your best channel. It could be the message boards. It could be events. It could be social media. But the only way a business is going to know that is if they test it. So for right now, though, companies do need to have cleaner distribution channels. And what I mean when I say that is they need to understand which one is a revenue driver. So they can say, oh, these are a few things that we do here. Email marketing, social media, affiliate marketing, influencer marketing. But what's driving your revenue? Because that's the one you probably should put more emphasis on and paid behind, right? Mm. And that's where the whole brand and paid have a nice marriage is like when organic is doing well, that's when you put paid behind it, right? And when paid is not doing so well, that's when you put brand behind it. So people will pay attention. Got it. So we are hearing a lot about like the TikTok phenomenon and growth especially with the new updates that it's competing with Google, okay? Google, the (laughs) biggest platform out there, TikTok is competing with it. I mean, it's worth paying attention to TikTok. I'm not even going to lie to you, especially with their focus on SEO, their search engine optimization on that platform. You have to really start thinking about how can we utilize that because if people are searching for things on Google and now on TikTok as a search engine, it used to be YouTube too. I think YouTube is still up there. Those three things, YouTube, Google, and TikTok are now like dominant search engines. 
companies need to start thinking about their SEO strategy on these platforms. And the reason why I say that is because you you need more visual reviews of people mm. using your product or enjoying the experience of it. You need user-generated content um, mm. because that it will help with your organic reach and with your paid because you can put paid behind user-generated content. So people will pay attention. You have built-in brand advocates when you're hopping on these channels like TikTok and YouTube. And, and there's a community that is forming. And anytime you have a community that forms around an experience with that is connected or associated with a brand, or they are diehards of that product, like Canva comes to mind. There are a lot of diehard advocates on TikTok about Canva. You have built-in mm. brand advocates. They're building a community for you. Most of that work is done already. Right. And then it's just a matter of about being relevant and a part of the online conversations. You can't manufacture that on your own sometimes. And so you need to seek it out to see what people are talking about online and how do you join those conversations. I had never thought of TikTok as a search engine, but now that you say it, it's like, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I think lately I've been hearing a lot of like my younger sister, she had said, oh, I saw this on TikTok and now I'm going to buy it. And I was like, what? Yeah. But, but like just saw a review and now she's decided that's the purchase that she wants to make. And I was like, yeah, I'm that person. wild. And yeah. I'm a, I, I mean, it makes sense. Millennial. So I'm that person. People are lazy. They don't want to type in Google anymore and read an article. They want to type it in TikTok and see a video. Yeah. From a user who's used the product or visited or experienced that that experience with that brand. That's what people want to see. I could see that playing out in so many interesting ways in the AEC industry. Like if you have users using a building that you constructed or you know, clients giving their feedback on a process, like it doesn't have to just be products and, you know, like the Gen Z type marketing, I could see it being such a useful vehicle Uh and one that I would not have considered. (laughs) Had you not said that TikTok is an SEO. Like even walk through the structure and breaking down how it came to be and how it was built and whatnot. Those type of things go viral and that's organic virality, you know, and sometimes it isn't necessarily about getting immediate sale. It Mm -hmm. is about that brand awareness so that when someone else mentions your brand name, they're like, oh yeah, I remember that video that I saw on TikTok. You should Mm -hmm. definitely consider them. You know, it's, it's those kind of things you can't track the word of mouth type of marketing that people are missing or brands are missing that they also need to tap into. Perfect. That is a an excellent segue to my next question, which is what metrics are the best indicators of engagement? Mm, yeah, I think on the lines, continue on the lines of like word of mouth on the online side of things where you can track it. It's, I would say definitely keyword ranking and that's going right back to SEO reach. When more people are talking about your brand, more... Google juice 
it gives it. The more TikTok <laughs> reach it gives it, right? Because there's yeah. more people talking about it. They're writing it in their, their captions, in the comment section. They're searching for it all the time. Those are the metrics you definitely want to track. That's the awareness piece. And also, as I said before, the brand mentions, and that also comes in the form of PR, like, like I shared earlier about Paramount Pictures and their movie Smile. Mm. Their PR reach ran sick numbers, right? So that's that's what you want. You want that PR reach. You want that social share. You want that engagement online, people talking about what you're doing. And then on like the conversion side of things, obviously those clickbacks, the organic website traffic, and that can be from social media to your website sales page, or it can be from the blog to the sales page, or it could be from a TikTok bio to the sales page, right? And then downloads is another form of conversions, whether it's like getting a demo walkthrough or templates like HubSpot strategy. HubSpot must have my contact information several times in their database, like probably 20, 25. The amount of times I've given my contact information to HubSpot because they've had a template that I needed. I think mm-hmm. more businesses need to do that, have some kind of free download to get their customers or prospects contact information to further like do email marketing with them and having a resource that they can always use and see your brand name in it that this brand helped me do my next step, right? Just getting them to the next step. It doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing. Like how can you get your prospects to the next step so that you're always top of mind with them? I love that. If our listeners would like to get in touch with you or learn more about your work, where should I direct them? Oh, LinkedIn. I'm really trying to build up my brand on LinkedIn, slowly but surely, but you can definitely get me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, that's where I found you. So it's working. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This is a new topic and might have to bring you back on to just talk about TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how I grow on TikTok. Perfect. It's a slow, slow drag, but I need to stay in my lane, which is just breakdowns of marketing campaigns. I love it. Do you have a, a TikTok handle that you can share? Are you, yeah, are you I, doing the breakdowns on TikTok? I am. I haven't okay. posted in a while. Okay. <laughs> so don't judge me, but it takes time to do these breakdowns. I bet. It, it's a lot of work. Okay. But if people are interested, it's meme mugging on TikTok. Love it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and then your LinkedIn and website links will be included in the episode show notes. Thank you. Perfect. All right, Marketeers, that is a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer Podcast. Thank you again to Tenille for educating me on all things marketing mediums. I know that I have just gone and set up my own TikTok account. Uh, TBD on what comes out of that, but I'm on there. I'm on the TikTokie. So as always, If you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every other Wednesday. Chat soon.